1: You're listening to Dave and Dia, a podcast about basketball, life, and the Portland Trail Blazers. Please keep all hands and arms inside the window and welcome your hosts, Dave Decker and Dia Miller. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new podcast at BlazersEdge.com. It is Dave and Dia. That's right. We didn't add any other words. We didn't add any descriptions. We... Are enough. You are going to have us every week. Of course, if you've been at Blazer's Edge for more than 10 seconds, you'll know that I'm Dave Deckard, managing editor at the site, but I'm not really the star of this show. I am just uh, in the front seat of the carriage and behind comes... Oh, my gosh. One of the most brilliant, brightest, most amazing voices that we've had the privilege to have at Blazer's Edge. And she is Dia Miller. And if you don't know Dia, you're going to get to know her because she is fabulous and you're going to have a wonderful time. So let's say hello. Uh, Welcome, Dia. We are so glad that you're here with us.
0: Well, thank you. That is high praise that I fucking begin to live up to, but I'm excited about this. It's an honor to be here with you. You know, I think we have some different perspectives on some things. Um, I, I... I definitely think we're gonna get, we're gonna run the gamut of technical things and emotional things, and we'll probably cover a little bit of everything here.
1: What that means, dear listeners, is that before this is over, I'm going to be sent to my room. That's exactly what.
0: And I'll probably cry.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, don't do that. You win. Okay. Anyway, also, I mean, I don't know if this is even going to see air, but uh, if you hear classical music behind us, we have hired an orchestra to inaugurate the first episode. No, actually, where we're recording, there is an octet practicing behind us, and we're in a closed room, but that's not really helping because the walls are paper thin like a cheap motel here. So, uh, hey, uh, go with it and pretend that this is a classy fancy podcast and we'll bear with it.
0: Classical Go- music and basketball are quite a combination. Of
1: course. I'm sure back in the <laughs> back in the in eighteen thirty four they were hooping it up all the time.
0: with the oboes playing in the background (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's right oboes set of pick yeah the tuba's got a set of pick (laughs) the piccolo's (laughs) going down the lane that's right so at the beginning here we just want to kind of get to know each other but something i've been fascinated with because i've had the privilege to talk to you a little bit but maybe everybody else hasn't you are an unusual blazers fan I mean, uh, from top to bottom, living in L.A., taking charge of all kinds of stuff. And like you'd expect to be, oh, God forbid, a Lakers fan or something else <laughs> like that. You have ample opportunity, but no, you've been faithful most of your life. So I just want to ask out of the gate, what's the story? How did you get here? Where did your Blazer fandom come from?
0: You know, I I was kind of born into it. My family is from Oregon. I I lived in Oregon until I was a teenager. My grandparents had season tickets back when the Blazers played at the Coliseum. I was at Blazer games when I was a baby before I could walk. And I just grew up with it. And at some point, it kind of became a personal thing. And I was definitely a fan. I, I had a, a story that has come up several times in my articles is is my life-size Clyde Drexler poster. And I actually, after I started writing, it was funny because one of my childhood friends messaged me on Instagram and said, I remember that poster. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> so... But yeah, it's just, it's been ingrained in me since I was a kid and I am somebody that is loyal to a fault. And once I pick a team, I stick with it and there's just really no changing. So even after moving to LA, my dad switched over to the dark side and became a Laker fan and uh, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So I have remained a Blazer fan for the last 16 years that I've been in LA.
1: So, Dia, I am your father.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you, during basketball season, it gets a little heated when we're talking about the Lakers and the Blazers, because we are both dramatically competitive. <laughs> and so we've had some tense moments.
1: <laughs> and no problem. I'm sure if LeBron James starts shooting you with purple lightning fingers, that your your dad will turn back and protect you. But. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine it being worse. I mean, that divide is right. pretty steep.
0: Right. It's not like I, you know, moved to, I don't know, Miami or something. It's like, it, it's interesting because as you talk to the Laker fans, I don't think they really see the Blazers as a rival as much, but every single Blazer fan I know can't stand the Lakers. And so it's just this weird, like, I think I'm in the middle of a rivalry and the Lakers fans around me are just like, wait now who? (laughs) So it's, uh, it's been interesting for sure. Yeah.
1: so yeah i mean it's like we would feel about kings fans oh that's cute that's cute that you think that that you're rivals but go ahead and head back to sacramento and and suck on your thumb and we'll give you a binky and exactly yeah yeah Yeah, it's
0: it's an interesting you know i mean i have a lot of blazers gear i wear my blazers gear all the time and it often gets me stopped and conversations are had and sometimes they are calm and sometimes not so much it depends on where we're at in the season.
1: Now, let's see. I want to know this about your personality then. When they don't consider it a rivalry and they're about to just brush you off, does that make you sigh in relief or do you just go harder? Do you stick to it even more? Oh,
0: no. I go harder. It's interesting because during the season, there's a Buffalo Wild Wings in Hollywood and I would sit and watch the games there and I had some friends occasionally that that would be there too and there was one game in particular where I think it was the first game of first round where we were playing the Lakers won the first we won one. the first one so it was the second one it was the one it was one that we lost it was the second one and there were some laker fans there and they were just they were going to town with their trash talk and I don't even think they knew that I was sitting there and they were just going on and on and on and I finally chimed in and uh it, and then they you know they came back at me and we went back and forth for a while I am not someone who can who can quietly back down and walk away from things like that. So it gets interesting. It's
1: interesting. Yeah. I remember, oh my gosh, this is going to date me a little bit, but (laughs) uh, the Blazers Pistons final in 1990 and Portland came back from Detroit. One, one NBA finals. And I was in a bar downtown with a friend and there were some Pistons fans there and they were obnoxious. And one of them turned to me and said, Your team isn't going to win a single another game. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, you're drunk. And she <laughs> says, Yes, I am, but not so drunk that I don't know that they're not going to win. And of course, we, you know, brushed them off and scoffed and what. And, and lo and behold, they. Kind of didn't. I mean, it yeah. ended up ended up losing uh, the series in Portland, which was terribly sad. Of oh. course, Danny Young's shot should have counted, and even though it was late, this is this is how stubborn Portland fans are. That iconic moment for anybody who remembers it. The Blazers have a chance to hold on to a breath of hope in the series. Danny Young releases a half court shot to tie the game. It goes in at the buzzer. It's clearly late. Mike Mathis, the referee, made the right call. But to this day, nope, that was not late. That shot right. should have counted. It's like cosmic justice. That should, Who cares, Mike? Just count it and let the series continue.
0: I like to call that dedication, personally. <laughs> I, I think we have dedicated fans that are uh, willing to go to any length to ensure that we win including being delusional.
1: Yeah, delusional de- dedication. I love it. Now, the de- <laughs> yeah. one of our differences might be like you just rush headlong into it and celebrate it and yeah, I'm delusionally dedicated and I'm like this is wrong, but I'm sticking with it anyway. <laughs> I yeah, know what's wrong. Yeah. I can tell you how it's going wrong. I can tell you why this shouldn't be happening, And yet I'm still here. So which one of us is really sadder? I mean, is it- I,
0: I am not completely delusional in the sense that I have a solid handle on reality. I just choose to ignore it. <laughs> I just i I'd rather I would rather run with my delusion that we're always going to win everything and just throw myself one hundred percent into that and, you know, hold on to that hope. So, we have I, I I probably me probably me. You,
1: you are Pooh Bear, I am Eeyore. Uh yeah. we're, neither one of us is all the way at that extreme, but I'm sure there are legions of Blazers Edge fans going, "He admitted it. He said it." <laughs> but no, I mean I love this. I've loved it since I was small. You grew up in the Portland area then?
0: uh no, actually yeah. I we moved to Southern Oregon when I was about 4.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I lived in Southern Oregon until I, the middle of high school when we moved to to the la area my family my my grandparents my cousins my aunts and uncles my extended family they're all in the portland area so i'm familiar with it that's you know now that we don't live in um in oregon when we go back to visit typically we're we're in the portland area so i'm very familiar with it i've spent a lot of time there it feels like home but i actually never lived there
1: yeah actually i had Family in Southern Oregon used to go down there and visit every summer. That's funny. Uh, so yeah. that it's very interesting down there. Well, it's completely different now, of course. Boy, yeah. you know, when I remember going to visit when I was a kid and like, OK, Portland was huge. Eugene was pretty big. Salem. Eh, and after that, you know, there wasn't, I mean, kind of hello, Roseburg, goodbye, Roseburg. Uh, yeah. Now it's like, wow, there are a lot of people here everywhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's grown. I mean, it's, it's definitely grown for sure. Oregon is an interesting place. And I think that's, you know, I think that's one of the differences in the state of Oregon versus like California in Oregon. Everybody is a blazer fan. I mean, I guess if you get into Southern Oregon, you can start getting into some, some of the California teams, but in California, there's so many different teams in California, even in LA, we've got both the Clippers and the Lakers. And I just think that that's such a unique thing about, I mean, I know that's not unique to everywhere. Cause there are other States that have one team almost always when I meet someone who's from Oregon, they're a Trailblazer fan. And I just think that's really cool.
1: Yeah. And we're just like whack-a-moles. I mean, you can, you can out logic us. You can beat us in the playoffs, do whatever, like smack that hammer down. We're just popping up next year at a different yeah, hole we're going, back. this we're is why back. we're going to win it this year. And it's like, didn't you learn last year? Nope. <laughs> just put another yeah. quarter in yeah, but- and watch us go
0: it's interesting hearing people talk my friends that are not blazer fans that are active on social media often comment on how passionate blazers twitter is <laughs> that it's uh it's definitely different than some other fan bases we've got a lot of we are we are loud we are loud
1: <laughs> and opinionated, <laughs> yeah, and opinionated. Yeah. well yeah. I, I always said too i mean look at the tree that came out of portland basically i mean Yeah, uh, John Hollinger was here. Henry Abbott was here. A lot of people have either started here or come through here. And there's a certain flavor to doing this that absolutely, I think, adds. I mean, I think everybody has passion, but there's a certain bittersweet kind of flavor that comes out of the Pacific Northwest area that um, is, is authentic and distinctive and I think really good. Look, you got Philadelphia angry. Right. And then you got Sacramento Derp Derpy and you got Lakers arrogance and of Miami cool and all that. Everybody has their thing, Boston Heritage. But there's something three-dimensional about Blazers fandom that just isn't quite like a lot of other teams.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting place. And I think, you know, the team has obviously gone through different phases and things like that. But right now, to me looking at the culture of the Blazers versus the culture of so many other teams in the NBA and again I I know that I am not impartial being a Blazer fan but it's such a cool culture that's developed there you know you can see these guys and I know we've talked about this on the blog more than once but like you see this culture where these guys just really care about each other they really like to play together they're positive they're good people they're doing things they're giving back to the community and it makes it really fun to be a fan of Portland. You you kind of get maybe <laughs> now I'm getting personal. I kind of get attached. Maybe not everybody gets attached, but you just want to see them win.
1: Yeah. And that draw, I mean, of course, is embedded in the DNA of the franchise. They lost it for a while, obviously, in the Jailblazers era. OK. And but really- even,
0: then, even then, we have guys like like Rasheed Wallace, Rasheed Wallace is probably one of the players that I hear Blazer fans talk about the most. And he was in that era. So even then, we had some solid players come out of there.
1: Yeah, I think we'd have to argue about like when that era began. For me, it was in Sheed's departure years. I mean, yes, they overlapped, and he often wears the face of it. But to me, he wasn't the center or the heart of it. He was the the best player during it. But yeah, even then, okay, look. So you obviously had the championship team, and that was both organically explosive as far as Blazer mania and transforming a culture and putting Portland on the map. And there was a lot of wonderful lightning in a bottle things that couldn't be duplicated, but then the franchise did for many years kind of run off of that energy. And that yeah. idea of fans and community was embedded in it. And then it came to full flower, I think during the Drexler years when Obviously, TV was more widespread, not as widespread as it is now, but more people got to see and participate and what have you. And all of a sudden, the entire town stops when the Blazers win a Western Conference finals game. And those guys were seen as very charismatic and wonderful, too. You had a disconnect with the Bob Witsit late chemistry teams. But then what I wanted to get to is that what you've identified is really both a reaching back to the past that this team does, particularly through Damian Lillard. I mean, Damian Lillard is like talent of Clyde Drexler and personality of Jerome Kersey and all your favorite players, right? Rolled up into one. But also the skillful marketing thereof, where it's like, well, you know, we may or may not win, but you guys are going to love this team and you're going to love the basketball they play. And that's just a very Portland message.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. And for someone like me, I'm someone who, despite what people may think, if they've ever read anything I've written, I want to win. I really want to win. I am competitive. I mean, I want to win to the point that I just really want to win. I can't even think of a good example. I just I want to win. But I know that the team that we've had, the team that the current roster, maybe I mean, it's changing things up, things are happening. But the current roster that we came out of last season with, I'm looking at that, and realistically, I know we are probably not going to win a championship with this roster. And yet, I just want to cheer for these guys. I just want to love them, and I want to see them succeed. And I think, you know you you're looking at this and you're you're as a blazer fan, you're in this weird place of you like them as people. you want to see them succeed. But also, like I really want to win the entire city of Portland, And outside of that, every single Portland Trailblazer fan is waiting to see Damian Lillard win a ring. We all like them all, but there is something special about that man, and there's no questioning that. And I think all of us are just sitting here thinking, we have got to make some changes and we have got to do something so we can get this man a ring. Because as much as he is dedicated to Portland, I think Portland loves him back.
1: Well, I mean, Lillard changed the franchise, didn't he? I mean, there was, look, there was Brandon Roy and LaMarcus Aldridge, but the Greg Oden situation began to crack that. And all of a sudden the rocket was taking off, but then something broke and that just ended so poorly and living through it and talking to people through it. I mean, there is a real heartache there because that was the resurrection. That was the comeback that was supposed to happen. And it didn't. And yeah. There was just emptiness after, just just abject, what now? And in the midst of this emptiness came this guy who who was brilliant on the court, fearless in the way he played, confident but not cocky, and absolutely knew how to send the message out about his brand and redefine Portland's brand. And all of a sudden from that emptiness came life.
0: He's changed the team and I think he's changed the fans as well. You know, it's so cool to just watch people just want it. I think, obviously, anytime you're a fan of a team, you want them to win. But I think when you've been a fan of a team for so long that's not winning, you kind of realize, hey, we're not going to (laughs) win. We're just not good. And so to have somebody like Damian Lillard and somebody of that quality come in and take over the way that he has and make the changes that he has and make changes even to the team as people that he has it just it brings hope there's hope and you know it's people are talking about like hey we might actually win a championship like hey we could do this and so now it's just a matter of can we put the pieces in play that we need and i think i think we're on our way
1: well it's nice to have the question live in some ways and even if it's okay Look, there are people in Boston and L.A. who would pat us on the head and say, you know, it's not really a live question from a basketball sense. Fair. Setting that aside, do you know how far the team had to come since, say, 2005 for that question to even matter, for that question to even pass people's lips? It's a long ways. And yes, that's been 15 years. It's a long time, but they were in the abyss. People weren't talking about championships. They were talking about legal matters and how terrible right. the team is right. and how the city had fallen apart around them and all of a sudden just the normalcy first of all of saying hey we can win it all and the glimmer of hope that well maybe the basketball is good enough to justify that even if it doesn't bear out that journey should be respected
0: i also think just the contrast of that versus someone like dame and and the guys that now they've built around him who again are good people who are not only are they not trouble. But they're doing good things. I think you want to get behind, just as humans, you want to get behind good people that are doing good things. It's a lot easier to watch that than, than you know, when you're wondering what kind of trouble your guys are getting into.
1: Yeah. I mean, I want to, I would support that to a point. I think that probably there's an argument to be made that between coat drives and various other things that. Even in the nadir of the franchise, the players were doing good things. They weren't publicized as well. They didn't True. stack up as, as, as high as some of the bad headlines. But right. th- yeah. if we're talking about good people, I think that uh, the Blazers have already had quite a few of them. The yeah. other thing is, there is no doubt. And this is, okay, this too. Whatever quibbles you have with Portland's front office, and there might be reason to have some, you cannot argue That they have done a brilliant job selling and marketing this franchise and its players. Because what you just said is literally the first thing that everybody thinks of. They are wonderfully nice guys. Now, sometimes the hind end of that gets exposed. Sometimes you have a little snafu that's covered up or doesn't make press. Or more often sometimes the the carton comes back and even they will go we're not sure we're really going to win this which you know win a championship or anything which should be a crumbling moment that should take away everybody's face faith everybody should go forget this and yet people go we're just going to look right past that faux pas into how much we love you which is just wonderful
0: it is and i think that they've created such a loyal fan base you're right it's brilliant the way that they've done things is is brilliant. And I wonder sometimes, could I be this kind of a fan for another team? Is it just Portland or is this just how I'm built as a fan? Like if I were to have been born in LA, would I be a Laker fan like this? Oh, that almost makes, I almost, I almost threw up in my mouth. I can't even, I shouldn't, I shouldn't even, let's move on. If I were born in Milwaukee, could I be a Bucks fan like this? Like if I were born in Miami, could I be a Heat fan like this? Like, is it just because this is what I was born into? This is what my family loved. Is that what it is? Or is there really just something special about Portland that has created this intense love for this team? And and, and is that normal? Is that normal amongst Portland fans? Is that normal amongst all franchises?
1: I'm guessing there's probably a yes and a no to it. In that every yeah. franchise has its passionate fans and, and meaning. Okay, so look, this is one of the things that I argued very early on when I took over Blazer's Edge. And one of the things that has distinguished us, I think, is that 99.9% of other sports sites or sports people will cover sports. They will say, sports is the thing, and then we all are secondary I tend to think that sports is only a thing because we're around it. Now, it has integrity beyond us. It's not just us. There's something central that's beyond all of us that we gather around. But it's the relationship between the sport and its fans and the community that defines its importance okay uh, as yeah. i often say without the spirit without the stories without what you just described it's just a bunch of guys in you know shorts bouncing an orange ball like an alien yeah. coming from another planet would go this is completely useless and they'd right. pretty much be right and yet right. there's a humanity to that story that and what i was going to say is i think that's particular there are particular flavors in portland that are very distinct and that tend to create fans like you've described fans who tend to stick around there's a mixture of sadness and bad timing and ill luck and all kinds of heartbreak. And yet the hope for joy and togetherness that endures through it to me, that's the archetypal trailblazer story. And I think a lot of blazers fans have that, or at least have touched that inside their own selves.
0: It's definitely different. And I think you're right. You know, I get questioned often about my perspective on basketball because and on and on the Blazers and, and things like that because, you know, I, I know the game. I've been playing since I was a little kid. I've been a fan of it since I was a little kid. I know the game. I know the rules. I know how it works. I know, to some degree, the business side of things. But to me, the thing that will always make me love this game and come back over and over and over and over again is the people and the stories of the people who love the game that I love. And I think that that's not just true of the trailblazers. I mean, as I started writing and, and doing some other things outside of writing within basketball and, and having to kind of branch out outside the trailblazers and not hate every team because they weren't the trailblazers. I have found that the thing that makes me really start to even like the Lakers, you know, I'm a big fan of LeBron. I I gotta say, I like the guy. And I could not have said that before because I refused to know anything about him. But as soon as I started to look into him and who he was and how he got here and how much he loves it, when I started to connect with him as a person and not just him as a Laker, I love him. I well, love is maybe a strong word. I like him. I'm a fan. But I, I think, you know, I think that as people, as humans, we crave that connection and we crave that wanting to have something in common with another human. And so when you're hearing these stories of where these people come from, of how they grew up, of, you know, maybe, maybe you grew up in a home with a single parent and maybe this guy had a single parent and, and, or maybe, you know, you grew up in this area and this guy grew up in this area or whatever. And when you find those commonalities and when you find those things that you have in common with these guys that you're watching on TV that are wearing the jerseys of your favorite team, suddenly it becomes more than just a game and it becomes something that you have some kind of a connection with. You know, I, I mean, Clyde Drexler was it for me when I was a kid. He was the end all be all. And I remember, I, I cl- fairly clearly remember when he was traded. I remember being a kid watching this happen and not understanding the business of things and just being so hurt and just emotional about the fact that Clyde had been traded. And I became a Houston fan for, uh, for uh, the rest of his career. I still was a Blazer fan. But unless they were playing the Blazers, I was cheering for Houston because Clyde was there and Clyde was what I loved. And so, yes, I love the game of basketball, but I loved Clyde's love for the game of basketball. And I think making those connections with the people that that love the game that I love has been something that's just drawn me into it so much more. And I think on some level, most basketball fans do that, whether they even really realize it or not.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a sense of wanting to connect to something bigger. There's a sense of instant community. I mean, you can tell by the T-shirt someone's wearing or the jacket or cap that at least there's someone out there with whom you have commonality, which is important. I mean, I will tell you uh, that I think a large part of my fandom has come because of serendipity cycles, basically, that every time in my life where... Things have been the lowest where almost nothing else is left. The Blazers have done very, very well during those exact years. And that kind of pulls you up and gives you a connection, a reason, which, by the way, bodes very well. For their chances in 2020 here, (laughs) if the pattern holds, we're going to do real well, folks. So uh, shine up those, uh, get that title polish (laughs) ready, uh, because this should be a good one. In any case, when you have nothing else, at least there's that. And it's yeah. not just at least there's the wins and losses. Those are important, but at least you, you look and there are 19,000 people in the Moda Center or 21 or however many, right? And, and there are people watching and there are people you can talk to about this. And there is a connection that reminds you that community is real and that life is bigger than just what you experience in front of you.
0: You know, I, I was at a court in Hollywood the other day and I was talking to the guys that were playing on the court And, you know, they're most of them are Lakers fans. There were a couple other random teams. And I I got to talking to one guy and he said he was from Missouri, I believe. And I said, so so who's your team? Who who do you who do you like? And he goes, you know, I I really like the Portland Trailblazers. And I like literally jumped in the air and went, me too. And all of a sudden, this stranger that I'd met five minutes ago, I felt like we were old friends. And I think you're right, you find this commonality. I mean, when I see someone walking down the street with Blazers gear on, it's like my entire being just lights up and feels like I've found a friend, you know, and it's, it's interesting how things like that can just bring you together and, and build this community. You're right, it's a community that, you know, you can have people that would never, ever, ever get along or have anything in common to talk about otherwise, but this brings them together. And that is a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, I mean some of the best moments. I mean, this is getting a little personal, but I don't live in Portland, but I I travel back there fairly often, and sometimes I'm wearing site T-shirts, or sometimes sometimes some people will recognize me. I don't know why, but I often get stopped. Hey, it's, look, it's not celebrity status, but you know, there's a reasonable chance that if I go back there, someone's going to stop and say, "Hey," out on the street somewhere, and inevitably, the ones that get you are the ones that say you know what? I don't know. I My family broke up or I had to live in uh, Southeast Asia for a while because of my job or whatever. But I read and I watched and I talked like all the time at Blazer's Edge. And I felt connected. I felt like I was home. I felt like part of home was with me. And I think that's not unique to us. It's not because Blazer's no. Edge is so special. It's because That aspect of basketball and of the trailblazers in particular is exactly what we've tapped into. It's exactly what we valued. And that's the part that in the end really matters. It's the part, Isn't this is where I will argue with Lakers fans. I mean, would I rather have all their championships? Yeah, probably. Okay. That's the name of the game. (laughs) At At the same time, there's probably something that, well, I don't want to say, you know, a blanket statement, but... There's an aspect of fandom that I think is stronger in Portland than actually is in LA, simply because it's not just about winning and and the highs. It's what happens when you're the most vulnerable and who's around you when you're the most vulnerable. And when you find care and compassion and con connection, that's a big deal.
0: It is. Just the nature of Portland being, uh, you know, a smaller market. You have people from the team, players and People that work for the team that are so involved within the community, that are so involved on social media, that are so interactive with the fans. And and it's just, it makes this more than just a basketball game and more than just rooting for your team. You become so invested because you feel like you belong and like you have this sense of community. And it's with other Blazers fans and it's with the players and it's with the organization. And I just think that and, and I'm there's, there's nothing to say that this has never happened anywhere else or that there's no other teams that are doing the same thing. I am in no way, shape or form claiming that. What I am saying is that Portland does it well. The Blazers mm-hmm. do it really well.
1: That said, I mean, as I think about it, though, there's also a shadow side to that. It can be hard to crack the provincialism of Portland. It can be hard to have honest conversations if fandom that is critical, is thought of as traitorous, but also even in the relationships with the organizations. I mean, the organization, I think you can argue credibly that one of the reasons Rashid Wallace was vilified the way he was, was because he was simply too black for his time for Portland. One of Bob Witsit's major drawbacks was that he did not live here and portland is not always accepting of people who don't fit in the provincial fold so That's it's not true. like a utopia and i think we need to acknowledge that too and i hope i hope now that in 2020 that we're a little it feels like we're a little broader than that i'm not the one who to say but i hope that we've had enough players and people beloved come through this organization to where we understand that this is bigger than just our culture or us this is more than just me it's an us thing and that us can be pretty big
0: right and i think you're right i think there's definitely an interesting side of that where you know i mean when 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 we got ariza i remember people just being up in arms because he at one point had had a conflict with someone on our team and people were (laughs) like i can't believe we got him what about this issue Yeah. (laughs) And I think it's just it's so, yeah, you're right. There is that side of things for sure. It's just an interesting thing to watch. It's an interesting thing to observe. And I think of of the teams that are out there, win or lose, I am sure grateful for this team.
1: Yeah, it's one heck of a complex dynamic, but it's a deep dynamic too. And the beautiful part about that is you don't really reach the end. I mean, that there's always another stone to turn over, and there's always another game to play, and there are always new people to talk to who see it in different ways. And I'm just overjoyed, really overjoyed that you and I get to do this. I think it will be wonderful. We spent this first podcast sharing a little bit about ourselves. We will talk about the Blazers in ensuing ones. In fact, we'll have, when we come together again, we'll have draft and trades and all kinds of stuff to talk about, which absolutely will be wonderful. But I am glad that I get to do this with you and that your voice is part of this larger Blazer family and certainly part of the Blazer's Edge family.
0: Yeah, I'm excited about it. You know, I think, again, I need someone like you who knows what you're talking about to reel me back in when I'm over here in La La Land. So I think we're a good... We're good. And I need someone like
1: you to send me to my room when I forget what it's all about. So (laughs) We will be okay. All right. Well, for now, we will bid you guys adieu, uh, you folks, and we will see you again in a week. We will talk Robert Covington. We will talk draft. Second round pick. Woo. Uh, That should be exciting. Uh, Any predictions?
0: (laughs) For the second round? Yeah. Oh, golly. Nope. I got nothing. I I honestly have nothing. I was so shocked. Just, I know we can't get into this, but, but just by the simple fact that Neil, she did something. I legitimately, (laughs) I was at my, I I was at my, my (laughs) parents' house and I got the, the notification that this had happened. And I ran into my dad's room legitimately dancing and also simultaneously crying. I kid you not. When I say that there will be tears, I am not exaggerating. I was dancing and crying and yelling, Neil did something, we get Robert! And my dad, who has no context at all, is like, what? But I just, I, I that threw me for such a loop that honestly at this point, <laughs> I have no idea, no idea.
1: I know, and the rest of the world is going, well, it's not exactly Anthony Davis. Here, Shut up. We got Robert Cummington. Something are. happened. <laughs> exactly. Here's you do. I know. This is a peek behind the curtain at Blazer's Edge. Did you happen to be in our news channel when that happened? Were you watching <laughs> it all? Okay. Uh,
0: well, not not right away, but I, I caught it pretty quick. Yeah.
1: Okay. So normally what happens when a news story comes in is some a writer will take it, and an editor will say, you know, who wants to write this up? A writer will say, me. <laughs> and someone writes it, and then we edit it and then we publish it, right? Okay, so Covington came, comes up and for there's dead silence for like three seconds <laughs> as everyone's jaws hit their desks. And then all of a sudden, there were four people on this. I mean, it was—I swear—it was I swear it was co-written by four people. Like, I got the picture. I got the headlines. I'll take the text. I got the tweet. And it's like, blam. And it's like a pack of lions descending on a meatloaf. And all of a sudden, like less than 10 minutes later, bam, the story is out. And then, you know, there's 500 comments in the first hour and it's like that kind of energy is priceless. And yeah, I guess, thanks, Neil Olshay. If nothing, whether or not Covington works out or not, that's pretty cool to experience that.
0: We got some excitement. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's man. It's, I said something the other day about how it's, it's being a trailblazer fan in, in trade season is like being in this toxic relationship because you want something to happen so badly and it doesn't and you just keep coming back for more every single time. And it's like, it was, it's just such a drastic difference to have something unexpected. I mean, nobody saw, I, I don't think anybody saw this coming. I mean, in the article last week when we were talking, I mentioned this, but I didn't. I don't know that anybody actually thought, like, "Hey, this would happen." Yeah, man. I know. Okay, we're getting into a whole nother podcast. No, but,
1: but I, I, it's brilliant, though. I, I know. I, I we we tried to sign off five minutes ago. This is what you're going to get <laughs> with with Dia and Dave. Sorry, we don't stop. You like wind us up. But look, oh, toxic man. relationship. That's really interesting because that actually framed something for me. I can handle the good times. I can handle the bad times. As long as we're honest, just don't lie to me. Don't, don't be toxic or, or do if you do nothing and that's the thing, do nothing and say, we, we kind of did nothing. We did okay. Uh, right. But we really think we want to go with this. That's honest, even if I don't like it. If yeah. if you tell me you're really doing something and you're doing nothing, or right. <laughs> vice versa, you tell me you're doing the right thing when you're doing the wrong thing, at that point, the toxicity level goes off the charts. Maybe it's my personality. Yeah. I can't handle that. So, yeah. you know, that's, I, I love this because it was fairly unified. Almost everybody yeah. thought it was a good trade. Almost everybody was excited about it. And even those who didn't think it was great knew that it was motion that they could latch on to it was a good yep
0: and and i think you know trevor as much as i like trevor and you know you're gonna get this from me i never want to see i basically just want a 30 man roster because i don't (laughs) ever want to see anybody leave and it feels a little bit like i'm having to you know send my cousin off to be in another family and wait and hope that the new cousin I get is someone that I, you know, fits in well. And I like it's, I just hate this. <laughs> I hate this. I hate the trade season because I just feel like I'm constantly in this state of anxiousness. So that was, which is probably why the dancing and tears happened. But you know,
1: Ooh. we
0: live to tell, we live to, to see another day of, of something happening.
1: Hopefully. Okay. okay. Quick question then. Theoretical question. It's like three years down the road now. You know, Dame is not going to win a championship with the Blazers. Say so you know oh, this. Oh no!
0: Don't do this
1: to me. Would you support trading him so he could win a title? No. You you say no, Dame. You're staying. You're staying with. Sorry, this may be. I may not be the fan of your dreams, but there's a ring on this. Even if you're not going to get one, there's an invisible one. You stay here.
0: I. You know. Gosh. Why would you do this to me dave this is like saying i can't even come up with an analogy for this but it is not fair You know, if if, if
1: you love something, do you let it go? If it flies back to you, I always hated that.
0: That's a load of crap. Yeah, thank you. If you love something, (laughs) squeeze
1: it tighter. (laughs) Okay. I tend to agree with that. If you love something, let it go. I'm sorry. Look, I'm kind of like, I'm I'm a little bit like empathic, not like I don't want to oversell, but like I try to read people and stuff. If you go like, (laughs) I'm letting you go now, I will go, oh, you don't like me and I will leave. (laughs) And you go, you didn't come back. You must not have loved me. I was like, you let me go.
0: Yeah, you know, I think I think that's tough. I think I think so much of that would just depend on what Dame wanted. If he was like, you know, what I just really want a ring, and I tried, I gave you my entire career, and it's not happening here. I maybe I still wouldn't want him to go, but I I could maybe I could I can't no 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 no. He he wants to be here. He said he wants to be here. I want him to stay. Ultimately, you can't be mad at that. You know, if the guy gives his career to Portland and he doesn't win a, a winner ring here, uh, you can't be mad at him wanting to chase that somewhere else. I don't see him doing that. I'm hoping that we'll we'll do it for him. Yeah, so this let's is. Just, let's but, just say that this is a terrible theoretical question and it's never going to happen because we're going to win it all probably this year after that big move that Lshay made.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean this is this is the shadow side of Blazer fandom too, like the the kind of wanting to hold every player to their word I mean, it kind of happened with LaMarcus Aldridge. That whole situation was twisted. But the thing that Blazer fans seem to resent most is, you told us you loved us and then you left. It's like, you know what? (laughs) Don't do that. Damien Lillard is responsible for loving us until the last moment of the last day of his contract runs out. Then Damien Lillard gets to love whoever Damien Lillard wants to. And yeah, I don't,
0: I don't like this analogy. I'm not okay with
1: this. Yeah, I know. Well, (laughs) that's okay. I, the Blazers have put a ring on Lillard. They're never going to let him go if they can help it. I promise. But, uh, (laughs) but yeah, I, and I've, I've learned to live with that. I guess Clyde, like you, I wasn't that much older than you actually when Clyde, I mean, it was a little different stage of life at that point, but, um, it was still, this was my first hurt. You know what I mean? My first big hurt. And it's like, oh wow. So, but you know, after that, it's like, oh, I guess that's what happens.
0: But people still hold that against him. Blazer fans still hold that against him, that he played his career out and then left to go win a ring somewhere else. They still hold it against him. If, if, if they held that against Clyde, oh man, Dame would be, Dame would be, he'd be in trouble.
1: Yeah, but I mean, look, Clyde went to his hometown to play with his best friend from college uh, who was also a superstar and actually won a title. I mean, I think that forgives a lot.
0: I'm just saying. I I can't I can't speak for the rest of Rip City. I'm just telling you that this is this is what I see. It's what I
1: well, I well you know, though, dear, had they just called heads on that stupid coin flip, this wouldn't <laughs> have even been an issue. That and this I mean, is this is the essence of Blazer fandom, right? The entire <laughs> angst the the pain the 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 lifetime of memories that you and i have had like aching over this moment could have been solved by a coin flip and that's it also could have been it also could
0: have been solved if they drafted michael jordan i mean we can play that game all day
1: yeah but but like but there is something <laughs> wonderfully deliciously random about like How's your life going to go? Are you going to be really happy? Or are you going to carry an ache oh. with you for the rest of your life? Okay, flip a coin. Let's see. It's like, what is this? Is this a role playing game? Is this a joke? Oh, <laughs> but man. yeah, welcome to laser fandom. Well, yeah. And- and I'm glad you're in it. I'm glad we're here. Uh, I think that we continued talking is a sign from the gods that you should sign us off, Dia, instead of me like I tried to. So take it away. Say goodbye to the folks, and we'll come back again next week.
0: All right. Well, thanks for, thanks for listening to us today. You know, this is... Something we're excited about, and we're glad that you guys took the time to, to hear us out on our little back-and-forth here. This has been Dave and Dia. We will be back next week.
1: This has been Dave and Dia, a Blazers Edge production. Find more basketball talk at BlazersEdge.com. Watch your step as you exit, and we hope to see you again soon. Dave and Dia, what is that? A Swedish skin cream company? Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.